grace, forgiveness, and the gospel. This is the message of the book of Philemon. This week we begin a brief study by examining the character and person of Philemon as we begin a study in this book on Christian forgiveness. I'm Noah Hooper and this is the Taught by Grace podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. Thank you again for tuning in and listening. This week we begin a study in the book of Philemon. In this short letter to Philemon, there are three main characters, Paul, Philemon, and Onesimus. Paul is, of course, the writer of this letter who writes to Philemon on the behalf of Onesimus. Philemon is the receiver of this epistle. He was the master of Onesimus, the runaway slave. Onesimus had fled from Philemon as an unbeliever, but was now returning as a brother in Christ. Paul sent him back to Philemon so that they would be reconciled, but not as a slave and a master this time, but as two followers of Jesus Christ. To understand this letter, you have to have a right perspective about the culture in which these men lived. This was written during the pinnacle of of slavery in the Roman Empire. Those who were slaves were seen as valuable as an ox or a donkey. The truth is that slaves weren't even seen as human beings during this time. They were often treated harshly and cruelly by their masters and could be put to death at the fleeting pleasure of their master for anything they did. This is important because what Onesimus did was more than worthy of death. He ran away from his master according to verse 15. He was destined for death because of the crime he committed. However, during Onesimus' exodus, he ran into the Apostle Paul. Moreover, he had a head-on collision with the Lord Jesus Christ. He left as an unprofitable unbeliever and was now returning as a profitable follower of Jesus Christ. So Paul writes to Philemon on Onesimus' behalf. The truth is that in this day and hour, Philemon had every right to have Onesimus put to death. Slavery was an unavoidable evil at that time, but Paul doesn't speak in this letter towards abolishing slavery as a whole, though it was not condoned by him by any means. Rather, he writes to a brother in Christ about receiving another brother in Jesus and forgiving him from a heart of love. The truth is that this letter is not about slavery at all, but it is about the gospel. Onesimus had wronged Philemon, so Paul intercedes on on his behalf and asks Philemon to forgive Onesimus based on Paul's account. You see, we are Onesimus. We are the ones who ran away from God and became worthy of death. So Jesus in our place reconciles us back to the Father because of His righteousness. We are not made righteous by our merit, but by the merit of Jesus Christ. We are received by the Father based upon the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This letter gives such a great picture of the gospel in that. But it doesn't just display the gospel in that picture positionally but it also declares the truth about the gospel in a very practical sense. It reveals how we are to forgive and be reconciled one to another. We have all been forgiven a great debt, so we must be willing to forgive one another as well. This is why Paul writes to Philemon. In the next episode, we will examine more in depth how this forgiveness happens, but this week we are going to dive in the first seven verses and see how Paul begins this letter. He points out the character of Philemon in this matter of reconciliation. Essentially, Paul reveals the lifestyle that must be present for forgiveness and reconciliation to occur. So let's read these first seven verses. 
It says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church in thy house. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers, hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast towards the Lord Jesus and toward all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Paul begins this letter with the standard introduction to his letters. He says, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Philemon and Timothy, our brother. He recognizes who the author is in this. There are some letters in which the earthly penman is uncertain, but this is not one of them. It is unequivocally clear that Paul is the author of this brief personal letter to Philemon. He also points out that Timothy is with him during this writing, even though Timothy is not a key character in this letter. Notice how Paul refers to himself as a prisoner of Jesus Christ. This letter was written during Paul's time as a prisoner in Rome along with Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. It was one of the prison epistles. He is a literal prisoner in Rome, but more than that, he is the prisoner of Jesus Christ. Paul understood that he is under the sovereign authority of no other ruler outside of Jesus Christ. He had been thrust into the ministry by Jesus and belonged to no one else but Him. I wonder, are we prisoners of Christ? Is our life given to Him and Him alone? Also, it's important to recognize that Paul only refers to himself as a prisoner of Jesus in this. He often claimed his apostleship for those who needed proof of his authority in the message that he proclaimed. The fact that he was an apostle was the stamp of approval upon his life by God that his words were from God in this letter and thus had authority. But Philemon does not need that proof. The first phrase already begins to reveal the close relationship these two men had and continues into the latter part of verse 1. He said, Unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, verse 2, and to our beloved Aphia, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, into the church in thy house. Philemon is obviously the recipient of this letter, and Paul refers to him as a dearly beloved fellow laborer. This again asserts that the close relationship these men had. He was a man that joined up in labor with Paul. In addition to addressing Philemon as the recipient, he also addresses Aphia and Archippus. It is widely accepted among the resources that I used to look this up in a And among those who have studied this before, that Aphia was the wife of Philemon, and also some believe that Archippus could have been his son. However, that that aspect is a bit more uncertain. He could have also been another leader in the Colossae church as he was challenged as a minister of the Lord in Colossians 4.17 because Philemon and these men, this this was part, they were part of the Colossian church. Philemon, his wife, Aphia, and Archippus were all members of the church in Philemon's house. During this time, there were no grand cathedrals, but Christians gathered in houses. So Paul addresses Philemon, his family, and his church at the beginning of this letter, and then continues into his standard blessing for the beginning of really every letter that he wrote. He says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are familiar with any of Paul's writings, you will recognize this blessing is given in the greeting of all of his letters. In some form or another, Paul inserts this into every single one of his letters. 
Now, this is often the section we gloss over. We just read, we, we read by it, going to the meat of the book. But if you're a student of if you're a student of God's word, you know how that is. You read over the greeting of these letters just to get to the meat of the book because it is not as inspiring, though it is just as inspired. However, I would submit to you that this mustn't be merely glossed over. There is a great truth that is revealed in this about the heart of the Apostle Paul and what should be the heart's desire to every believer. For instance, it was irrelevant what would be written after this greeting. He would challenge the carnal Corinthian church. He would encourage the Philippians. He would call the Galatians out of false doctrine. He would emphasize to Timothy and Titus the importance of preaching the truth in the local church. The content of all of Paul's letters differed, but his standard greeting did not. No matter what would come after the greeting, Paul always desired that grace and peace would be given to those who read it. The truth is that there is nothing more basic or essential to be given to the Christian than grace and peace. There are two essential characteristics that cannot be attained by the Christian but must be given to him by Jesus. The word and prayer are essential disciplines that we must pursue daily. Likewise, grace and peace is that which we stand in desperate need of to be given by Christ. Indeed, we cannot live apart from grace and continue without the peace of God in our lives. So this is the desire of Paul and should be our desire for fellow believers. You may not know the specific needs and desires of all whom you go to church with and labor with in Christ. But there is one thing we all need, and that is grace and peace. So like Paul, it is right and good to desire and pray for grace and peace to be given to other believers. This grace and peace comes only from the Father and Jesus Christ. There is no other author of grace and peace. The world may promise it. This life may promote it. But only God can give it. There is no grace like His and there is no peace like His. His grace is sufficient and His peace is beyond comprehension. After these standard introductory remarks, Paul transitions to his prayer for Philemon. It is in these next few verses that we begin to see the character of Philemon through this prayer. We see a lot about him over these next couple of verses. He is the type of Christian that you would want to have in your church. He was someone that modeled Christianity within the local church to the glory of God. Paul writes this letter for the purpose of calling Philemon to forgive and be reconciled to Onesimus. But before he addresses that, he reveals the character of Philemon. So notice verse 4. Paul has a constant thankfulness in prayer for him. He says, I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayer. This phrase again points out the close relationship Paul and Philemon had. He is not writing to a stranger, acquaintance, or mere business partner, but he is truly writing to a friend. Paul was praying for Philemon always because he was thankful to God on Philemon's behalf. As we will see later, Philemon was an encourager. He was not the type of person one may kind of avoid at church, but he was the guy that you wanted to be around. No doubt there are people that you and I both know that cause our hearts to rise up in thankfulness when we remember when we remember them. This is who Philemon was. He was the type of Christian. He was the type of believer that when Paul prayed for him, when Paul remembered him, it caused him to be thankful because of the manner in which Philemon lived. And 
He didn't just mention Philemon on a regular basis, but Philemon's name came up continually in Paul's prayers. He said, making mention of these always in my prayers. The people you and I pray for the most are more than likely to be the people that mean the most to us in our life. You may pray heartily for fellow church members, but you will more than likely pray a little bit more earnestly for those who are your family and the inner circle of your friends. You see, in this we see the heart of Paul and Philemon and how close they really were. Paul was prayerfully thankful for Philemon because of what he knew about Philemon. The impetus behind Paul's constant thankfulness for him was rooted in what he had heard about the love and faith of Philemon. Notice verse 5. Hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all saints. The love and faith that Philemon had motivated Paul to be consistently thankful for him. His love and faith was demonstrated in two directions. To the Lord Jesus and towards all saints. Love and faith are not inward feelings, but they result in outward actions. If Paul heard of the love and faith of Philemon, that must mean that Philemon was demonstrating love and faith in his life. He addressed this demonstration of love and faith in the right order as well. It is first and foremost to Jesus Christ. You see, after this, Paul is going to speak about how Philemon's influence to Christians and to the world. But if you will ever influence Christians, if you will ever influence the world, it first begins by having the right love and faith to Jesus Christ. You will never influence anyone. You will never have an effect on anybody else's life unless it begins with love towards Jesus. Jesus revealed that love for him is revealed in keeping his commandments, meaning that if one loves him, they will pattern their life after his word. He loved the Lord Jesus and had faith towards Christ as well. He had a conviction about who Jesus was that would not waver, not only towards Christ, but also towards other believers. He demonstrated the new commandment that Jesus gave to the disciples by in loving one another. This is how the world notices that we belong to Christ by our love one for another. And Philemon demonstrated this love. He also emphasized truth to all saints. He did not keep what he believed to himself, but proclaimed to the other saints the conviction of his heart about Jesus. This is the character of Philemon. He was a man of love and faith. Because of this, Paul's request in this prayer was that the communication of his faith would be effective. He desired that this Christian would have an effective witness. By the way, love for the Lord Jesus and other saints will cause you to proclaim the gospel to the world. He was a man of gospel proclamation. Notice verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul asked God to do on the behalf of Philemon in his prayers for him. His prayer was for Philemon that the communication of his faith would be effectual. Simply, he was praying that Philemon would have a powerful witness. Philemon was one who proclaimed the truth about Jesus Christ. He did not conceal the gospel, but he revealed the gospel. He didn't keep what God had done in him through Christ to himself, but he proclaimed that message to others. So Paul's desires for his witnessing was that it would be effective. And by the way, if you will have an effective witness, you must be a witness. The truth about this is that we will never influence anyone else unless we proclaim the gospel. 
It is foolish to desire to have an effective witness if we do not witness. If we do not proclaim the truth about Jesus Christ and the gospel, it is foolishness to desire that we would have power in that. But Philemon was a man that did it. So Paul said, I am praying that your witness will have power. And I know, I believe you would say like me, that we could be a whole lot better in this. I know that I can. But Philemon, he was a man that proclaimed the gospel. So then Paul's prayer was that it would be effectual. The word means to be active or powerful. He was praying that Philemon's witnessing would not fall on hard ground, but that it would find good soil to go into and take root in and produce fruit. How would it become active and powerful? By the acknowledging of God's work in Philemon. By the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. He was a man of testimony, and this testimony could have great impact on others. His faith would influence others when others took note of every good thing in him because of Jesus Christ. Paul desired that others would see what God had done in Philemon and believe on the same gospel. It was not Philemon's testimony itself that made the difference. Neither is it mine or yours that makes the difference, but it is what our testimony says about the gospel of Jesus that makes the difference. For in seeing every good thing, the world can see what Jesus does. They see that He can bring light into the midst of darkness. He can pass from death unto life. He can make new that which is old and ragged. He restores, He makes new, He makes alive that which is dead. This is the power of the gospel. It is God's transformative work in you and I. So Paul's desire in praying for Philemon was that his witness would be powerful by others observing what God had done in him. Then he concluded this section with another indication about the character of this man. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. Philemon, this man of love, faith, and gospel witness was also an encouragement to the saints. And I believe that if someone is a person of love, faith, and the gospel, they're going to be an encouragement. Paul concludes his statements by declaring the great joy and consolation that they have because of his love. He was a Christian that brought joy to Paul. This was because the saints were refreshed by Philemon. He said, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by the brother. The word bowels does not carry the same connotation or meaning today that it did then. It was a reference to the core, the seed of the emotions. Essentially, we would say it like this, that it is about the heart. So Paul was proclaiming that Philemon's life was a refreshment to the heart of the saints. He was one who brought comfort, rest, and peace into the troubled hearts of other believers. This is the kind of Christian one wants to be around. This is the character of Philemon. He was a man of love and faith who refreshed the hearts of other believers. However, as we will see next week, Paul had more than praise for Philemon. He would challenge him to forgive someone who did him wrong because he understood the character Philemon had. By the way, it's important to understand here that even those Christians who are doing the best, who are seeking to love, live in faith, and encourage those around them still can grow. But this is the character of Philemon, and this is the character that you and I should have. Let us be Christians whose lives abound in love and faith to the Lord Jesus and His saints. This is the kind of life that will refresh others. It flows out of a heart that is set on loving and believing Jesus Christ. 
we can all be a little more like Philemon. So let us put on love and faith to demonstrate Jesus to the world. Thank you for joining me this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. I hope you will join me next week as we continue through this book and look at this subject of Christian forgiveness.